Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What's up, everybody? I am Raymond Summerlin, your host for this edition of the Roto World Football Podcast, and I am joined today, as I am every single Thursday, by Rich Rebar to talk about the Thursday night game. Usually, we talk about Thursday night game. We're going to change it up a little bit this week, but we definitely are going to talk about the worksheet, which, as I say every single week on this podcast, you should read. So go and read it. We'll also have Nick Minzio on a little bit later. He'll talk about the most important starts and sits for a pivotal Week 15 of the fantasy football season. Obviously, if you're listening to this, or likely if you're listening to this, you're still alive, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Before we get to all of that, however, I would like to remind you to rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. It helps other people find the show. It helps us in the rankings, and we very, very much appreciate it. With that out of the way, let's uh, get to it. What's going on, Rich? Hey, Ray. I mean, it's week 15. Are you suggesting that people just don't listen to this when they're knocked out of their fantasy playoffs? I, I would think that listen totals and numbers would suggest that that's the case. Um, I Like I said, though, I mean, this is some there's some DFS stuff in here. I hope people are still playing DFS, especially, I mean, playoff DFS. That's that's a good time right there. Oh, yeah, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for those short slates. We got another short slate, too, like the mini Thanksgiving slate. Uh, you know, these the Thursday plus the double Saturday games give us basically the equivalent of that Thanksgiving slate that we had, you know, a couple weeks ago that I completely tanked. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I didn't have if you if you didn't have keto, well, what are you what are you gonna do? Not gonna win a lot of money. The Vernon Davis zero was pretty was pretty enticing. Got, won me a lot of money. Ingram and Vernon Davis, woo! Fun to live fun to live those days again. But yeah, like you mentioned, we have an interesting week, and we're actually gonna have a few of these the the rest of the way. There is a Thursday night game this week. There's actually this is the final Thursday night game. We also have two games on Saturday. They'll have another two games next Saturday, so that's a a fun little wrinkle. So we figured we'd talk about the only actual exciting game before the Sunday slate, and that's the Chargers against the Chiefs. On Thursday night, it's Denver in Indianapolis. I mean, that... that I Again, after that Oakland-Kansas City game, I'm not going to talk about bad games, right? Thursday, you won me over. This, this is a bad game. The only thing I'll say about this game is the Colts are coming off an overtime game 
and then playing on Thursday. And teams in that situation since 2007 are 3-16 and 16 against the spread. And two of those games had both teams coming off overtime. So someone had to win. So you, those don't really count. <laughs> so you take that out of the equation and teams off of OT are 1-14 against the spread on Thursday night. Just something to think about if you are if you are interested in sports betting like I am. Also, we have an early game with Detroit at the Bears on Saturday night. You know, We'll talk a little bit about Jordan Howard a little later. The most interesting on the game on this slate before you know before Sunday is certainly the Chargers at the Chiefs, and it's one that I'm really interested in watching. The Chargers were a team that I thought was going to be pretty good before the season. Didn't look great early in the season. They've turned it on now. The Chiefs obviously in free fall, but they got their win last week. So when you look at this game, kind of what's the most interesting part of this game to you? Yeah, there's a lot of interesting layouts. I mean, do you talk about? I mean, obviously everyone is is cognizant that the Chargers are you know, really, really hot. Um, but then we also know, I mean, that the Chiefs are kind of are really good at Arrowhead. And, you know, they limit opponents at Arrowhead. And we saw that happen again last week. I mean, I've seen you tweet it and, and, and Evan, and I even threw it in the worksheet. I mean, that they've had this streak of 11 straight games allowing teams to 20 or fewer points. That's the longest such streak since the Panthers in the 2012 to 2014 seasons at home. And if they do it again this week, it will actually match – uh, the Cleveland Browns going all the way back from 1993 to 1995. So it's a type of run we haven't seen, you know, in almost 20 years. And there's really, I mean, it's you chalk those things up to variance, but Arrowhead is one of those places that has been, you know, an extremely tough place to play for, you know, the history of time. So, you know, and Phillip Rivers, for his career, really hasn't had a lot of success there either, and he hasn't had a lot of success against the Chiefs, you know, even, you know, if you look back earlier in the season – I mean, he, the last time he was a QB1 against the Kansas City Chiefs was week 17 of the 2013 season. Um, and he's even worse in Arrowhead. You know, his past three starts there have been QB21, QB27, and QB30. Now, Phillip Rivers has had one of the best fantasy floors of the entire season. He's been in the bottom half of QB scoring just twice in the season. That's more times than Tom Brady. Uh, it's more times than everyone except for Russell Wilson. So, I mean, I still think if you have Phillip Rivers, he's, he's probably like a safe floor play. Will he hit that ceiling? It's hard to say because betting on ceilings at Arrowhead really hasn't worked out. But, I mean, you're, you're probably playing Keenan Allen business as usual. He's on this ridiculous run of... Uh, where he's just been unguardable and he's making like ridiculous catches like over top of dudes it's just and he's playing the team that has allowed the most 100 yard receiving games wide receivers in the season even though people will try to tell you that the ghost of Revis was alive last week hold on hold on (laughs) it was he like credit where credit's due he did actually play well last week, and I, I think we at least have to acknowledge that that happened. Yeah, he, he, he made some plays against Johnny Holton. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, I, I'm not no, saying, I'm just you're, no, I'm no, not saying was... you're sitting Keenan Allen because of Darrell Revis, <laughs> no, but, I, I mean, to your Rivers point, Rivers, like you mentioned, has been bad against the Chiefs, just bad against the Chiefs, and we saw it again in, mm-hmm. in week three, and they're getting Marcus Peters back. Revis at looked, least looked you know semi-competent, played a lot of snaps, I, I I don't think this is a great spot. Even though if you looked at the season long rankings, you would say you would say, oh, the Chiefs have given up a lot of points to quarterbacks, and that mm-hmm. would be true based on that. I don't think that this Chiefs defense is as bad as maybe those numbers suggest. And like you like you mentioned, and like you said, everybody's mentioned, Philip Rivers has been bad against them. So I'm worried, and I think there's an interesting question in here with with Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers coming back, but with like someone like Aaron Rodgers. And looking at, you know, Phillip Rivers, who you mentioned had a great floor. Would you start Aaron Rodgers over Phillip Rivers this week? Ooh, man. I mean, luckily for me, is I only have Aaron Rodgers on one team. 
and I have to play him because it's a dynasty league where I've been playing Blaine Gabbert and Eli Manning and just coast, <laughs> just kind of coasting. I've, I made it though. I'm in the, the semifinals against our buddy Chad Scott, uh, but I'm, I'll be happy to plug Aaron Rodgers back into the lineups there. The rest of the team's pretty good, non-humble brag, uh, that's carrying me that far. But, I mean, it's that's a really tough one. I think there's a couple on-the-button guys you can pick with Aaron Rodgers, and Rivers is one of those guys. I think they're just yep. in that same bucket where it's such a binary decision that, like, I don't, like, you're, you're, you're really, like... It's really, truly like a coin flip situation. Uh, it's tough for me. Like I said, Rivers has been so good, uh, It's and they're so hot that, you know, it's hard to just sit. But, you know, for, for something that, you know, we're hoping it's the Aaron Rodgers coming back, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit as yeah. well. But, yeah, that's, that, one's, that one's right on the button. But that's kind of my point. That's kind of that's my point here is that this matchup is, even though it might not look at it when you look at the, when you look at, oh, how many points they've scored against them, this matchup is to a point where you're going to consider a guy coming off a mm-hmm. long injury layoff over Philip Rivers, who has been, by the way, who has been excellent as of late. And so that's that's really just kind of what I want to point out. And if we go to Kansas City's side, I mean, you don't even really have to pose the question for me if you're going to start Aaron Rodgers or Alex Smith. It's, it's obviously oh Aaron Rodgers because <laughs> this, this Chargers defense has been just sensational. I mean, they're going up the third fewest points per game to quarterbacks this season. They've tied for the fewest over the last five weeks, the six fewest allowed to receivers, the eighth fewest allowed to tight ends. Travis Kelsey had easily his worst game of the season against them. What are you doing with these three guys? Yeah, I mean, Kelsey, you're kind of, I think, just the way the position lays out. Like, you're you're playing Kelsey. Like, you're just stuck yeah, with sure. it. I mean, for sure. And it's a terrible week for tight ends. Like, it's it's there's, like, not even, like, a great, like, possible tight ends like it's really poor week for tight end streamers and you talked about earlier in the season well his his is the same way it goes back I mean, he's never scored a touchdown against the chargers he's had three or fewer catches now in three of his past four games against them which is largely the same personnel over the past two years uh and they've allowed just three touchdowns the tight ends in the season i mean i definitely would not be anticipating a travis kelsey ceiling game but like you're gonna just play him by default to position tyree kill he's got those goofy home road splits too you know that that compounds the matter you know we don't really expect him to like have a great game because the chargers don't give up uh, a lot of deep balls and the, actually the only time the chiefs have even been like a, a good fantasy offense is when they're connecting on those splash plays which is what i think the biggest problem here is is that you know they're just not going to hit on those plays or we can't expect them to the chargers are allowing uh, a league low uh, completion rate on throws 15 yards or further downfield. You know, just 24 of 88 passes have been completed. Um, that's where Alex has been making his money, and this Chiefs offense has been making their money this season. So I don't think we can count on those things to happen. So, I mean, Tyreek, I mean, I don't know if you want to just openly sit a guy that has, like, he can score a lot of different ways, but, I mean, the, the, the home splits, he's averaging just 44 yards per game at home. The outlook doesn't look good. I mean, there are options, I think, that you might have on your roster that you might say, well, I can chase upside somewhere else because I think we're just really hoping we, ca- we catch one play with a guy like Tyreek Hill this week. Yeah, I agree with you. I am I am certainly lowering them all in my rankings. I am sitting Alex Smith where possible. And, and if on Hill, yeah, it's all about, it's all about, obviously, it's always all about other options. But, if I'm playing him, I'm just I'm hoping for that long touchdown. Which, to be fair, last time against this team, he he was able to get, and so we'll mm-hmm. we'll see what happened. Finally, in this game, I mean, got to talk about Kareem Hunt. Is he back? Is are we back to Kareem Hunt? <laughs> you know, this is a great matchup. Chargers are 26th in run defense DVOA. They've only given up the 16th most points to running backs, but they've given up 4.6 yards per carry to the position. So they have been bad against running backs. They just you know haven't given up so many points. Kareem Hunt went for 172 yards on just 17 carries against them in week three, although a long touchdown at the at the very end skews that number a bit, but it still was, you know, 16 carries for over 100 yards. 
it's a close total. You'd expect this game to be close. You're not really worried about game script. You know, I, I was finally forced. I had ridden the Kareem Hunt bandwagon. That Buffalo game, <laughs> I went, oh, I, uh-huh. after that Buffalo game, I kind of jumped off. But I'm back on now, and I think this week, I think he's going to be a, a running back one. Yeah, I think he's right in that mix, uh, you know, that, that fringe, like RB1, RB2 cutoff. I mean, the Chargers have gotten better against the run. They were allowing just 109 yards from scrimmage to backfield since their bye uh, after allowing 175 yards per game prior. But over that span, they're still allowing 5.1 receptions per game to the position. So, I mean, he can still do damage out of the backfield. I mean, just as a combo back, I mean, there just aren't a lot of guys that you have uh, at your disposal on fantasy rosters that, you know, that, that catch passes and get carries. And I know sometimes that he doesn't get carries. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, in this offense that we, you know, kind of harp about. But, I mean, 28 touches last week. If he if he's going to be around that 20-touch mark, I mean, I still have no problem rolling him out there. And I think that's what we would expect. So, I mean, yeah, I think he's right on that line of RB1, RB2s. Who do you think is going to win this game? Just I, I just spring in this on you. Who do you think is going to win? I mean, I would say the Chargers. I just think that they're the better all-around team. Um, but, man, that, that yeah, home field magic. And aren't the Chargers due to, like, pull the rug out on us? That's kind of my thought. Like, this feels like a... <laughs> well, this is, your, this is right in your lane because it's a short short home dog it's two points right uh yeah it's it's one and a half yeah one and a half yeah so yeah right this is right but, in your but short house, road man. but short road divisional favorites are better at the end of the season because the lines are just better and so it's not so much it's not so much that you know they're getting points for no reason so i don't know i i think the Chargers are going to win too but i also if you go and look at the chiefs the chiefs you know they're on this free fall we think they're so terrible with all these losses there are what like three or four games in there that they probably should have won like and then we're looking at this a lot differently the chargers mm-hmm. probably don't even have a shot at the playoffs so it's i don't know this is a tough game i would pick the chargers but i'm i'm i probably am staying away from this game at least at the betting window all right let's get on to something i i kind of foreshadowed there and that is what i am calling the return capital t capital r the return aaron <laughs> Rodgers is back he's co- returning to the field taking on the panthers i know you normally shy away from players returning from injury but this is Aaron Rodgers. Are you making an exception for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's he's back, and it, it doesn't. It means a lot for the entire Green Bay team, not just Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you look at the Packers, have scored a touchdown on 17 of 84 drives since losing Aaron Rodgers at 17th in the league. After they scored on 17 of 53 drives with him, which was first in the league at the time in terms of touchdown rate per possession, and he threw a touchdown on 26 and a half percent of his possessions, which was the highest rate in the league. That's what you're getting coming back. While Brent Huntley was at you know 9.6 percent of his possessions, which was 33rd in the NFL and that definitely got a boost over the two of the past three weeks those games against Pittsburgh and Cleveland I mean but he also Rodgers means a lot for Jordy Nelson Nelson scored a touchdown in all four of his complete games with Rodgers to start the season and his yardage per game has gone from 57 and a half yards per game to 21.9 in Brent, Brent Hundley starts so I mean Nelson gets back into the mix a guy that we weren't even touching uh, Devontae Adams may see a slight target dip as you know he averaged 28 and a half percent of the team targets and Brent Hundley starts opposed was a 21 and a half percent Rodgers complete games played but his weekly touchdown upside is still still remained intact regardless so I mean you're always gonna you're just gonna keep playing him out confidently and then ask Rodgers himself like you said I do generally express caution in these situations and the last time that this happened Rodgers returned from basically the same injury to the other shoulders non-throwing soldier and he was the QB 11 and he scored five points under a season average um but I mean if you're, you're are we holding to, to true top five status I mean I don't think that that's really the case 
you know, you, you didn't hold him this long not to use him. I mean, in the Carolina pass defense has been trending down in terms yeah. for, uh, for what they've been allowing for fantasy. They've allowed 276.4 passing yards per game over the past five weeks and three QB1s over that span as opposed to just 201.6 passing yards and three QB1s through eight games. So it's not like it's a, it's a terrible matchup he's walking into. And um, we know by all accounts and purposes, like he's ready to play. So I think that I would probably have, I think I, I set him at, at QB 11. I would have low QB one expectations, um, but I would still, you know, like I said, be, be playing him. Cause I think the floor will still be there. I think for him. Yeah. You mentioned that game. He came back against Chicago, which wasn't a great defense. I think they, they finished uh, 17th in past defense DVOA that year in 2013. So they weren't great, but they weren't terrible. Um, and you mentioned he had a fine game through for 318 yards and two touchdowns did throw two interceptions, which is rare for, for Rogers, but I I'm, I'm playing him. And to my previous question, I asked you, uh, where you, him and you hemmed and hauled rich, you hemmed and hauled about Phillip rivers. I would play him over Phillip rivers. I, I would play him this week. I think I will have him higher than you. I, I just, he's Aaron Rodgers. The practice reports have been great. You mentioned that the Panthers defense is not as good as it looks in the season totals because they've been trending down. I am, I I'm playing him this week. Another quarterback we want to talk about is case Keenum, who is a big home favorite against the Bengals, who we just saw you know, collapse Ooh. last week. So we wouldn't expect him to throw for 44 times again, but he's been a pretty reliable fantasy option as of late. So how are you valuing him? Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been pretty sizzling since it was ever a question if he'd continue to start for the Vikings. I mean, he's got six straight weeks as the QB 13 or higher. Over those games, he has 16 or more points in all of them. It, uh, that's trailing only Russell Wilson's current streak of eight is the longest active streak among quarterbacks. And this week, he has a really good chance to roll that over at home where the Vikings have been one better and draw like an absolutely just bleeding out Bengals team that's ready for Christmas. I mean, the Bengals have allowed opposing quarterbacks to score 17.6 points per game since their week six bye after allowing 12.9 points per game prior. They've allowed at least 250 passing yards to six consecutive passers. And that list of guys includes Deshaun Kaiser, Brock Osweiler, Mitchell Trubisky, and Marcus Mariota over that span. Uh, and to tack on, I mean, Case Keenum has 20 or more rushing yards in three of his past four games, you know, kind of giving him that undercover, uh, the, the, the Keenami. Uh, action. So, I mean, yeah, I would keep rolling Case Keenum out there as my QB if I, I've been riding him this far. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned how bad the Bengals have been, and they're just, they're so injured on that side of the ball, especially at linebacker. I worry that this is going to be a game that just Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon just, you know, just destroy on the ground like we saw the Bears do last week. But yeah, I'm, I'm in on Case Keenum. A guy who took advantage, actually, I mentioned him there, Jordan Howard took advantage of this bad Bengals defense who was who was all banged up. I I have no idea what to do with Jordan Howard. The game that he had last week against the Bengals, what I expected him to do against the 49ers in week 13 <laughs> didn't happen. Now, now, you know, he's on the road as a as a road underdog. So, you know, what do we do with this guy? Yeah, that was a professional segue that you teed up there. Uh 15 <laughs> weeks, man. That's 15 weeks of practice. Right there. I, I actually didn't know that I had done it until, until I went, oh, look at that. Broadcast school is paying off, Monty. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you lose, I mean, he had his 12th 100-yard uh, rushing game last week over his first two years, which is the most by a player over his first two seasons since Chris Johnson, 16. Uh, in 2008 and 2009, he ripped several long runs, something he's done all year. He's tied with Todd Gurley now for the most runs of 10 or more yards in the season. The problem, like you said, for Howard is for fantasy has just been consistency. 
He's pulled the football on us like Lucy and Charlie Brown all season. He's followed up all of his big games on the season with duds. Um, and this is a game where he is a road dog. So if we if he gets us again, we'll say it's a trap. But the matchup man is right again. The Lions have allowed a rushing touchdown in eight straight games. That's their longest streak as a franchise since 2008. They've allowed an RB1 in four of their past five games, including one to Howard himself when he had 15 for 125 and one. Uh, and and it's, it was the second time in three games that Howard's hit 100 yards against them. So, I mean, I'm looking for this to be the one time that Howard double dips us with back-to-back good games. <laughs> but I totally uh, will we'll rescind this, and this message will light itself on fire if it does not happen. Yeah, I he's so confusing for me. I have no idea what to do with him. We've seen this as a big road underdog. We've seen this in poorly for him, even in good matchups. You remember that Tampa Bay game? We saw that We saw that in poorly for him. We've also seen him get a lot of work in these situations because, because the Bears' defense is actually pretty good, and they can keep things close. I, I don't know what to do. He and Jonathan Stewart sank my rankings last week, and I just I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with either of them. So let's move on to a guy who I kind of have a good feel for, and that is D.D. Westbrook. It looks like Alan Hearns is going to miss another game. Westbrook has been a target monster with him out. Do you see any reason that's going to change? No, I mean, over his first four games, he's been targeted on 29.2% of his routes, uh, which would trail only Antonio Brown and Julio Jones if it was over the course of the entirety of the season. He's led the team in targets in two of their past three games, uh, and his yardage has risen in each and every game, all four games. His 235 receiving yards now Ranked second in franchise history over the first four games of a player's career behind Alan Hearns. This is a team that spent a lot of significant draft capital at the wide receiver position since they've you know entered the league. Uh, we already kind of like Blake Bortles. I'm just assuming that that you are okay with Blake Bortles yep. this week. And and Westbrook goes hand in hand with that take. Uh, and you know he fits the archetype of the receiver that's given the Texans nightmares. Houston has struggled with speed receivers. They've allowed 100 yards receiving to Marquise Goodwin, Tyler Lockett, Paul Richardson, T. Y. Hilton, and Brandon Cooks. They are tied with allowing the most receptions or 40 or y- 40 uh, or more yards on the season. So, I mean, I think that while everyone's still flocking to Marquise Lee, and I have no problem with Marquise Lee, uh, I want to get some upside and some sizzle in my lineups. And I think that if you were holding off on D.D. Westbrook and kind of waiting to see what he's going to do, I mean, this is the week to play him. Yeah, I don't know if this Texans matchup is as good as, again, the season numbers. We get to the end of the year, and you look at the season numbers, and you think, think, oh, this, you know, this we know these things about this team, but teams change. I think the Texans have been better lately, but yeah, I'm I'm rolling D.D. Westbrook out there again. If, I don't know why you haven't been playing D.D. Westbrook if you haven't been, so I'm certainly rolling him out there again. Thanks as always, Rich. Remember to read the worksheet, rotorworld.com. You can find Rich at Lord Reeves, and I will be back with Nick Minzio in just a second. And we are back with Nick Minzio, who writes Stardom and Sidem every week at rotoworld.com. So make sure you go and read that. What's going on, Nick? What's up, Ray? Coming down to the to the wire here. I think you can tell in our voices here that it's it's just coming. It's hitting us, man. Yeah, I feel that. I feel a little under the weather today. Uh, you you feeling that as well? No, I'm legit like under the weather, so I, I just feel doubly worse. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's taken a toll. Yeah. The 14 weeks has taken a toll, but you know, three more and then we get the playoffs. I mean, and the NFC playoffs are going to be Oh, they're just going to be amazing. But we got to get there first. Yes, sir. And that means we're going through some starts and sits. We'll get started with a guy Rich was also on. So, this is apparently a guy you should definitely start, and that is DD Westbrook. Why do you like him? 
Yeah, I mean, in four games since making his debut, Westbrook has averaged 8.25 targets per game uh, in that same span. Marquise Lee's at 6.75, but he's also had to go up against uh, Patrick Peterson and Jason McCourty twice in those four games. So, I don't know. These guys are pretty much both the receiver one on this team. Uh, Westbrook only seems to be getting better. His He's uh, increased his yards in, yards in each of his four games. Uh, 78 yards two weeks ago, 81 yards and a touchdown last week against the Seahawks. Uh, this Texans pass defense is just nothing to be scared of. Uh, they don't really have much of a pass rush. They they played well the past couple weeks on paper, but they've faced dudes like Joe Flacco, Marcus Mariota, Blaine Gabbert, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo last week had a had a good passing yards game, but he didn't throw many touchdowns. I think he only threw one. But I like this this game for Bortles playing in Florida, fine weather wise. Uh, I mean, I'm all about Westbrook. He's he's just seen eight targets per game. I mean, wide receiver three territory, big play threat. I'm all about, all about it. Yeah, I said with Rich, I think that I don't think this matchup is as good as it looks. I, I Clowney's been unbelievable. Like, yeah, he's like a yeah, one man yeah. wrecking crew. But I am completely on board with DD. I think that he's going to have a big game. And like you said, if he's going to get these targets and we know that he's talented, then you're you're going to be interested. Another guy that you are on this week is Jay Ajahi, who's going up against the New York Football Giants. What do you like? Yeah, he's, he's played a played a season high forty seven percent of the snaps. Not a season high, but Eagles season high for him. Forty seven percent of the snaps last week against the Rams. Saw sixteen touches. Uh, ran really well. Um, they're going up against the Giants, who have just been terrible in run defense all season. They're thirty uh, first in run defense DVOA and thirty first in total run defense this season. Uh, they haven't stopped anyone of late. Uh, Especially with Carson Wentz out with this torn ACL, I, I, I see the Eagles leaning more on this run game, uh, getting ready for the playoffs here, run game and defense for them. The only problem is I don't know if it's going to be Blunt or Ajayi. I mean, every week you just don't know who it's going to be, but I'm just going to roll with it and hopefully Ajayi is the guy. He ran well last week, saw those season high touches for him, so I'm rolling with it. I think that that's the big point. They're going to lean on the running game, I think. It's been more towards Ajayi the last couple of weeks. It makes sense that they're going to start to lean more onto him. So yeah, I'm on Ajayi as well, but it's a little tricky, but I, I think Ajayi is going to be a pretty good start. Onto the sits, you are off Jermaine Curse this week, and I imagine the reason starts with a B and ends with Rice Petty. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Uh, the The Saints are fourth in pass defense DVOA as well. Uh, they're playing at home, all these cornerbacks they had some injuries at cornerback the past couple weeks but they're all healthy now Marshawn Lattimore should see a lot of Robbie Anderson but Curse is going to go up against guys like Ken Crawley PJ Williams they're healthy now uh, like you said Bryce Petty starting at quarterback uh, he had a connection with Robbie Anderson Anderson last season so I expect him to look Anderson's way a ton and Curse just to see a total downfall in his targets he's 12th among all receivers in targets per game over the past month at nine so that's awesome usage for him lately, but I expect that to come down to the five six range against the Saints, and Petty's just not good at all. So I'm just off curse completely for the for the most important part of the fantasy season right now. Yeah, and you mentioned the connection that Petty had with Anderson. He targeted him on twenty six point three percent of his throws. So maybe the fall is not as steep for Robbie Anderson, but otherwise in this offense, just you know, yikes! I think that's the, that's the word for it. Yikes! They get the Chargers and Patriots after the Saints. This uh, this could get ugly. Yeah, especially that Chargers one for the fantasy finals. No, no thanks. Yeah, it's it's going to be bad. Finally, you know, people may be flocking to Jonathan Stewart after his blow up game last week, but you were not interested. Why? No, I mean, this was the game of his life, pretty much. Three <laughs> three touchdowns over a hundred yards. Uh, the one touchdown was a sixty yard, just ran right through a huge hole that was blocked perfectly by the Carolina offensive line. 
there were no Vikings defenders, like even within the same area, Cody, he like stood at the goal line when he got there and like, just like laid back into the end zone. Like for, there was just nobody around. And, uh, that was 60 yards of his 103 yards. And then his other two touchdowns were two, just one yard bunnies. Cam Newton will get those sometimes. So I just think like everything worked in Stewart's favor last week. And I'm just not going to chase these points against a green Bay defense. That is seventh in run defense DVOA. I know that that's a little high. They're 19th in total run defense for the season. Uh, I mean, I just think it's points chasing with Stewart. I don't, I mean, can't, I mean, I just can't do it in this spot. It's just like, in the most important part of the season, this guy has not even top 50 yards rushing in seven of his last nine games. I just think it's a total bust spot. I agree with you to a point. And the fact is that he has kept getting goal line work. Like I kept avoiding putting him in the waiver wire column because he would get a touchdown and 30 <laughs> yards. And I'd say, well, he's not going to get another touchdown. And then he got another touchdown. Right. Like, well, he's not going to happen again. And then he got three and two of them were goal line touchdowns. He keeps getting that goal line work. I'm a little scared of him this week. Like you mentioned, it's not a great matchup, but they've actually been giving up some fantasy points. I'm a little scared of him this week, and I, I think that I'll probably have him in my top 40, which I definitely wouldn't have before that game. So I guess we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with him. I use him as like a flex, but I'm not expecting much at all, like maybe like six to 10 points. Yeah, I think his upside is like 50 yards and a touchdown. Last week's game, you know, set aside... Because like you mentioned, he had one short yardage where the the Vikings missed their fits. One guy went left, and then Sandejo, I think, chased Cam Newton to the right, and it was just this giant hole. So he didn't have that yardage upside. He just had one play. But I'm, I'm worried about those goal line touchdowns. But hey, that's why this is fantasy. We'll have to see what happens. And their uh, all-pro guard is uh, in the concussion. Uh, Trey Turner had a con- oh, stuff yeah. a concussion that last game, and he's uh, not practicing on Wednesday. So we'll have to see what happens with him as well. Yeah, very good point. Thanks as always, Nick. Remember, you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Minzio. You can follow Rich at Lord Reeves. I'm RM Summerlin. Also, do not forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. And we will be back to talk to you next week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.